Welcome to the HD Embodied Podcast. Uh, this is going to be an amazing, amazing conversation. Uh, I have a really incredible guest. This is uh, going to be the very first episode that our listeners receive. So we're Ooh. starting off with a bang. Yeah. Um, so we're all about the head and the Arjuna Center in human design today. This amazing uh setup that we have in our human design system that is all about mental awareness and opinions and beliefs and what we do with all of that information that the field gives us to think about right and this is the reason that i'm so excited that we're starting with this and that we have the guests that we have on with this is that we are really heavily conditioned and programmed to live and lead through thinking and mentally knowing stuff and making our decisions with our mind where in human design when we go on this journey of human design we discover that all of that wisdom actually you know like what guides us in our life actually lives in our body and that our minds are an incredible tool uh, and a gift for other people around us. And uh, the guest that we have today, Raquel, is going to just take us on a wild ride around her mastery of this. Raquel is an emotional manifester. So we have uh, one of the beautiful 10% of the population on today who is here to ignite and, and create momentum with energy and to uh, be our trailblazers out there in the world really incredible really exciting and she's got that beautiful emotional wave that runs from her soul her defined solar plexus up to her defined throat uh, that is really all about being a catalyst for change uh, channel 1222 catalyst for change in our in our field and we'll see exactly how her mind is such a gift for uh for doing that uh, in a really unusual and magical and mystical way. I'm just so jammed about this. Uh, Raquel's also a 6'2", and, uh, and right now she's just entering into that beautiful second phase of six life. So she's leaving behind all of that experimenter, uh, getting in amongst it, three energy, and, and heading up on to, to join me on the roof. Uh, and become more of that observer and start to get deeper into her wise one ways, but with that beautiful two natural energy uh, and, and ability to just, you know, completely open and remember uh, and receive all of her natural gifts. And for those of you who are real human design geeks, Raquel has the left angle cross of informing number two as her incarnation cross, which is actually really cool because she has gate 47 off her Ajna, which is one of the centers that we're really jamming around today as her personality sun gate. And this is the gate of realization or this ability to have aha moments in life where all the dots suddenly, you know, come together. Um, and she has that in her Ajna that then feeds through to the channel 1156 this beautiful, I call it the shaman oracle. And you'll see why when I have Raquel on here around this, it's just like <laughs> hilarious that that's how I've always sort of communicated this channel of energy, but it's this gift of being able, it's a real feminine flow to the voice uh, and being able to gift out mental knowing uh, in this really uh, beautiful, the reason they call it the shaman oracle is, you know, I've sat around with uh you know these these shamans in mexico and they were the best storytellers they were so great mm -hmm. at you know sharing their stories and you know raquel and i both in australia and you know our indigenous people here in australia are the best storytellers we've got the yes. dream time stories but that that way of telling 
uh, information in this story form to like get across the the ideas and the and the wisdom for the collective is uh, really cool. So. Um, this is all the stuff that we're going to be jamming around and I'm sure we'll bring into it what it's like to live as a manifester in a world full of uh, generators and sacral <laughs> beings and all of the things. But Raquel, like, tell us about you and your journey to being Raquel today. Oh, I am so excited to be here, by the way. Thank you so much for having me here. Um, oh, my goodness. My journey feels like... Um, yeah, that that beautiful experimentation that you were talking about with the the beginning of the six profile is really what has led me here. I have been and done everything under the sun to try, and it was really about like what is going to make me feel full and feel joyful and and feel alive. I've always been a bit of a seeker. Um, you know, my mum's a spiritual woman. So she introduced me to a lot of different concepts when I was quite young. And um, quite honestly, I got to this point when I was about 15 and I was just like, nah, mm-mm, this ain't it. <laughs> this ain't it. I am not just going to be getting a job and paying my bills and dying. There's got to be more of this shit than just this, right? And so there was constantly this like, it felt like quite a lot of friction, actually, of me trying to find um, my place in the world. And um, yeah, and so, and I really attached it to Korea, actually. Totally attached it to Korea. I wanted to be this massive, like, shoemaker, which is funny because shoemaking has come back online for me but like I was like high heel like I wanted to be under Jimmy Choo I wrote a letter to the man I was excited I was going to be a big name high heel like designer and then at one point I wanted to be a lawyer I wanted to be a um, mechanical engineer until I found out you had to be really good at maths and that was born purely out of wanting to build a 1969 Chevrolet Camaro from the ground up Um, And then I was like, no, 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 I'll just be wealthy enough to pay someone else to do that. (laughs) (laughs) And so, like, just a lot of, like, journeying through, like, experimenting all these different careers, all these different personalities of who I could be in the world. And um, the one thing that kept coming up was teaching. But I always thought I was too young. No, this can't be it. No. Like... It's such a, I love it. Your human design, that, that introduction has just like basically out, like mapped out your human design, right? So for those of you looking at Raquel's human design, she's only got three defined centers. She's very open. She's got a lot of sensitivity to energy around her. She's got a big, beautiful open G center. So environment and the people that she's around and the experiences that she's having really shape her identity and, you know, how she's showing up in life, open ego center, no fucking idea what to do with this material world. I'm going to play around with it as a three. And when you look at Raquel's chart, she's got a lot of uh, activity around her root center, but it's open. So this is really common when people have this kind of set up with a, a lot of gates, a lot of energetic gifts around their root center, but they don't have that definition or that flow to their physical momentum. There can be this pressure in their system to be like, you know, fuck, I've got to move, I've got to do, I've got to, um, it's, it's, it, it becomes this over-reliance on the doing aspect of things mm. to, to create magic in the world. Uh, and yet these are our people who are here for mastery of being to create magic in their world. And, and you're open sacral as a manifester being around uh, life force energy and being able to taste the quality of the life force energy around you and amplify that back out into the world. So, you know, this journey of like running around trying to find all the things and having all of these weird and wonderful, you know, desires to invest your life force energy into is such a great description of how you you can't get it wrong people you can't get it wrong it's right for the moment and it's about uh listening to and recognizing when that not self is really uh had its time Mm. and it's time to shed it into that next deeper layer of being and so Raquel you and I met a couple of years ago and and went on quite the journey around this with uh 
at <laughs> our shared teacher, Perry Chase. Um, so talk to me about shedding some of those not self layers into becoming like really embodied in, you know, your medicine and your magic that you're giving out into the world today. Mm. Um, mm, it felt like, um, so entering Perry's sphere was like, um, I feel like I'd had a couple of practice runs of this like stripping of self because I had changed who I wanted to be so many times, but this was just like a complete deconstruction of everything. And um, I was already at this point where it was like, I don't know who I am or what I'm doing. So it felt kind of perfect. There wasn't too much further down to go because <laughs> I was already on the floor. Um, but yeah, and it was more about like, well, what is, like, what is me? Who am I? And I mean, the biggest medicine that I hold at the moment is the magic of the spider, the medicine of the spider. And that, like, if you have known me, <laughs> like, I still sometimes I'm like, who, like, who the fuck, like, what is happening? Because I was arachnophobic for all of my life up until um, over, just a bit over a year ago. So tell and us about, tell us about what led you to this medicine of the spider. Like, yeah, so um, so I'm, I'm ter- was terrified of spiders, always have been. Um, and I did a, um, I did this course. It was kind of like at the same time of working with Perry and I wanted to go in to do this ans- ancestry course thing. And um, so uh, with uh, Sophia, Philosophia, and um, it was about learning how to hold ancestral journeys, which is, again, something like that was, is really important part of like what I do now. And um, in this journey, we went through this journey where we traveled up, up into the like, um, I don't even know, into some magical plane and to meet our ancestral guide. And my ancestral guide was Grandmother Spider. Which, which, what, like, this is amazing. So both you and I have a bit of a shamanic background in this way. And, you know, sometimes when you're doing those journeys, you can be like, am I just making this shit up in my head? Am I just making this up in my mind? But like, you would imagine if somebody's guiding you up to meet your, you know, your ancestor, you're going to meet a person. Yeah. Yeah. And so this is always like, you know, many shamanic teachers have kind of said this, you know, if it's not logical and rational, you can take it as truth, right? Because like <laughs> you wouldn't choose to be up there with your great, you, this grandmother spider thing if you're really petrified of spiders, right? Absolutely. And and Sophia did kind of say like, all right, this is a spiritual ancestor, so it may have an interesting form. So I was like, okay. Like I wasn't necessarily expecting a person because she'd given us the heads up. And when I say giant spider, like I could not like in the in the imagery that I could see I could only see one of her eyes or like part of her leg at a time like gargantuan like the biggest you know and it's interesting because many many years before that I had this incredible discussion with this very magical man who was a friend of my brother and um it was I think it was Christmas Eve or something we were up until like 5 a.m in the morning and spiders had been coming up a lot that day and he was like are you sure you want to talk about this because if we speak of her she will come to us and I was like thinking man, I'm not scared of this giant magical spider. I'm scared of literal physical spiders. Like, I'll be okay, I promise. Um, And so I remembered this, like, oh, she has been with me actually always, right? And the message that she gave me um, in this journey was you have been taught to fear your own power. That is why you are scared of me and my children. And I was like, oh, okay, like that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. I didn't realize how literal <laughs> that meant at the time. I thought it was kind of, you know, this philosophizing of, of, of fear and power. And I thought, okay. And afterwards I thought, all right, I don't want to be afraid anymore. So I am going to do the work to unwind my fear of spiders. And I began my own, uh, I guess, exposure practice. Yeah. 
of like being with first photographs. I would just like scroll photographs of spiders until I couldn't be with how like I felt anymore. And then I would stop. Eventually that went from like a few minutes to like, like, sorry, probably a couple of seconds actually to being able to look at them for a few minutes. Um, And then I could just scroll endlessly. And then I joined a Australian spider identification page, which really got my like nerdy brain going because it's just all (laughs) facts about these spiders and like information. And really I learned like the more you know, the less fear you have Mm -hmm. because um, most of what we think we know about spiders is wrong. Like they have a giant fear campaign going on about them. Great, like terrible PR. It's 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 awful. But anyway, and so then I was just getting in and amongst this page, learning more about di- the different species, um, how they behave, what they do, whether them whether or not they're medically significant to us. And yeah, and then the more I knew, the more I got to know about them, the more that I started to really appreciate their beauty and the way that they move through the world. And then. Um, I can't, I can't remember the exact moment, but there was one day where I realized like they have medicine for us. The way that they move through the world can teach us something about our own lives. And this is kind of where spider magic and spider medicine came from. And I, I couldn't even tell you what the first spider like transmission came through was, but now there's like a number of them. Um, and sometimes I just sit with a species and look at like what it does and how it moves. And I'm like, oh, that's, that's what it's there to teach us. This is such a beautiful example of, uh, not self deconditioning and deprogramming in terms of like, there's something about, you can mentally know something, but if it lives in your body, the not self program gets to keep running. Right. Mm -hmm. And so like that, that journey that you just took us on in, in like basically deprogramming the not self that was taught to be afraid of spiders and taught to be, and what that really was is like taught to be afraid of your own power mm-hmm. was actually something that was very like physical for you in terms of like the exposure part and then oh. coming and coming through. And then we're hearing from you how this defined Ajna, this, uh, being able to formulate opinions and beliefs and a, like a mental knowing um, uh, in 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 that space comes about. And for you as a two, it's just like giving yourself the space and the time to remember what your opinions, your beliefs, what your mental inner knowing, your mental awareness knows about this and like, So for those of you out there that have a defined Ajna, the gift of this is for you to be really solid in your your mental knowing. And this isn't like needing to have the facts and the data and the whatever to prove or to have the evidence that you are right and they are wrong, which is how we're programmed with debating kind of uh, like I I have more data than you, so I must be right. But people with defined Ajnas are just really here to be like, I know this shit right? Like I know that spiders are here with medicine for us. I know that spiders are really misrepresented in a collective in terms of like what they're about, you know? And like, we see this a lot uh, in, in the rise of becoming feminine led, which you know, as a collective shift at the moment in terms of like, there is so much fear, so much resistance, so much uh, like crunchiness around this stuff that we've been taught to demonize, to push away, mm. to to not face, where actually that's where our like future, uh, you know, uh, support and knowing and wisdom and all of that juicy gnosis that belongs to the feminine lips. So like, yeah. Absolutely. Here you you are in an embodied state of this, you know, magic and and you're giving it out into the world now through your transmissions and your, you know, and and this isn't the only part of what you transmit through that beautiful channel from your Ajna to your throat, that shaman oracle. You you I've experienced a transmission from you and it's like 
very, very magical. Mm -hmm. um, tell us about what it's been like to trust in what flows through you from that beautiful defined Ajna to your, to your throat. Mm. <clears throat> Great question. It has been, <laughs> hasn't always been easy. Um, I feel like, you know, the work that we've been doing with Perry has been like so good for me in the way that it's allowed me to trust it yeah. because it's always been there and it's always been guiding me. But there's just been so many ways in my life where I've just been like, nah, this can't, like, no, you know, like where I've been fighting it essentially. Um, and I had so many different reasons as to why I couldn't trust what was coming through me. You, most of them to do with age, actually, which is really interesting. Like most of it was like, oh, like I'm too young. No one's going to want to learn from me because I don't have life experience, blah, blah, blah. Which, and by the way, is a very six thing. So for the sixes out there, if you're constantly, especially when your six comes first, right? So you're mm. a six, two, I'm a six, two as well. So you might be a six, three or something. But if your six comes first, it can be very much like, you know, that you hold potent wisdom you're a wise one but there can be this like it's also like part of your experience of like knowing that you're like a fine wine and you're just going to get better and better and better and better and better with age <laughs> yes. right and it doesn't mean that you don't have any value right now mm. so when you've got your your two that comes second when you're a natural so you're not somebody who has a lot of like mental knowing a lot of data a lot of knowledge or you're not a three who's really been practically experienced in something, it can be really hard to trust what you do already have a natural gift for right now because you sense this, yeah, but I'm going to be so much better when I'm 50, right? And <laughs> yeah, you know, I've never understood people like wanting to be young. I saw this sign the other day and it was like 61 was the new, is the new 21. I'm like, why would you want to be 21 again. Uh, embodied sixes, if you are, if, if you have full permission for being a six, you cannot wait to be old. You're like, yeah. my grandma days are like hot. Bring, yeah, right. I'm like, why is my, I dyed my hair white because it's not going white fast enough. <laughs> you're like, bring it on, more wrinkles. Get, let me get older. That's, that is yeah, so much an embodied gift. Yeah. Totally. And like, yeah, and I just remember feeling like I remember, what was it in primary school? I remember I had this um, nickname of the wise old owl that I hated. I hated it so much. And like now I look back and I go, yeah, fuck, that makes sense. Um, but like, I don't know, it's just taken a lot to be with myself enough to trust. And not distracting myself with like, I feel like um, a lot of the pathways that I wanted to go down was um, to keep me too busy mm. to be with To be myself. with yourself. Yes. yes. So like, so this is really beautiful. If we talk about like setups of head and Ajna space, people that have this fully open you know these are people that are really like these mysterious cauldrons that are cooking something and they don't know what they're cooking they don't know how long it will take and they don't know what the ingredients are you know uh and that's their their uh their game in life is to like just really trust that their mind will do what it's going to do at the at at the time it will do it and to like go back to where their energy lies when you have some sort of definition up there if you have a defined head you're really good at pulling in you know, the information that you need. If you have an open head and most people have an open head, you're really good at just like it all comes in and you can sift through it. You're very good at like sifting through information because your divine Ajna gives you a way to do that. And, you know, if your Ajna then connects to your throat, you're really one of these people who are gifted at giving out what is going on in your mind out into the world, which can be really a big challenge for people that, you know, have openness either in their sacral or their ego center and, and, or their G center. And you have all three open, right. As a, as in your design, because, uh, the world tells us how we should use our voice. Right. Mm. And so it, therefore, if anybody can hear like a weird noise in the background, it is my dog scratching her ear. She, <laughs> 
what is that energetically representative of people who knows the mystery of life um but like so we're really (laughs) we're really programmed into like how to use our voice Mm. right and so that what you're saying about that force of like what do i do with this thing that i can do something with right it's almost more of a challenge as if you can't if you're all open you know if you're all undefined up there you're just like well i can't do that people so screw you but you know you and i with defined ajnas we can do something with our minds and so the program has always been that your mind will will guide you in life Mm. right and you and i have this very different guide to life which is our emotions and feelings Mm. this emotional wave so when you talk about like trusting what wants to flow through your mind talk to me about your emotional experience of like getting on board with that (laughs) um it's gotten easier um but like i have noticed this um hmm. Like I, I just have very strong emotions yes, and they like move me and I. This is really, this is really interesting what you just said. I have very strong emotions and they move me. So Raquel has a spontaneous ways, big highs, big lows, and she's a manifester. And this is her mechanism that like her flow of energy that makes her a manifester who is somebody designed to, to, create energetic momentum and like we just hear you say that which is so beautiful like my emotions move me and the level of permission for emotional manifestors out there in that is super powerful so thank you for that yeah no worries like I if I feel like um especially early on in my life I judged mostly the lows you don't judge the highs the highs are great everybody's all good yeah we all love the highs we all love that but because I can go so low like um and it's like not acceptable to be that low um you know I was diagnosed with depression and I was medicated for years and um it was like and part of that was actually because I wasn't at the bottom yet yeah, I thought I was, and I was trying to medicate myself out of it. And then I just kind of hovered there for like years in this, like no space, couldn't do anything, couldn't create, couldn't function. Um, couldn't create, which is what manifestors do, right? They create. Yeah, it was, it was the worst. I just felt like, oh my God, I don't know what is happening. And um, I had a very intense bodily like this moment there was this moment I had forgotten my medication and gone into state so I'd already had a few days where I hadn't had any and I got back and I was going to um fill, refill my script and I picked up the the script and it was like my body like threw it away from me like just this this force just threw the prescription across the room and I was like oh and so I checked in I was like do we not want this anymore? And my body was a clear no. And I was like, okay. And so I, I told my doctor after the fact, because, you know, this is not advisable and I wouldn't advise it otherwise. It was not fun. Cold turkey just went off my antidepressants, spent two weeks in bed. And then I was, and then I actually felt like an uh, uh, upcoming that I hadn't felt in years. And I was like, wow, okay. And then when I stopped judging how low I could go, like it moves so fast now. I don't, I don't have to linger there. I just have to let myself go there. Yeah. And, and this is really interesting. We, we may uh, move into some controversial territory right now with where I'm going to take us, but let's do it, right? Like yeah. at the moment we're seeing real like uh, kind of like a, a, it, it's, it's like there's a lot of momentum right now behind neurodivergence, people talking mm. about being neurodivergent and, you know, and this being really misunderstood in the collective and people getting uh, really open about sharing the fact that they really relate to neurodivergence. Now, I'm always a little bit like, you know, when you put labels on yourself, and this is interesting because I work with a system that you can label yourself really 
really well with human mm, mind. Mm. I'm a manifester, so therefore I can't, or I'm a generator, so therefore I have to, right? You can really label yourself with human design. And, you know, neurodivergence is becoming a bit of a label for people to be like, you know, and there's, so this is where it's like sometimes if it, in a, in a beginning state, these labels can help break you out of that not self, right? Um, you know, so like something like depression, which you were talking about is, you know, a label that you can give yourself, uh, in terms of like dealing with your emotions, actually, like I'm depressed, uh, like I have depression. So therefore I have a lot of lows. Mm. You have to be really careful when these things that help you break out of one spot actually become your prison in the next spot. Right. Totally. Yes. And this is where it's like, this is why I'm more about the embodiment of HD than the knowing of the the theory of HD because it's really about learning when you've created your own box and now it's time for that box you you're ready to let that box go right and so like you feel like and I feel like the um it is very easy to become identified with a diagnosis yeah you know then rather than being a person with depression you become depressed like, yeah. and, and then it becomes part of who you are. And like, I love what you were saying before, because there is a way where recognizing something being like, oh, that's depression or, oh, that's this is a really great way to be like, oh, now I can understand it better and I can understand myself better. But when you identify with it, you then lock yourself in again. Yeah. And like, I personally like, um, and this might be a bit controversial as well, but like I personally believe the the idea of neurodivergent, divergent to what? Our idea of what normal is is so fucking whack. Oh, like goosebumps. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we 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 expect people to all function one certain way that is just not how we are as people. And so then you know we get into this habit of like medicating ourselves into this box of normal. When like um, what is considered divergent is actually a gift to the world. The way that people function differently is their gift. Yes. And it's just that, you know, we, we maybe it can be difficult to see how it can be a, a gift and it can be difficult to see how to function in our world with that gift because our world does not recognise the beauty in difference. Yeah. Like it just doesn't. And, and, and this is where I, I, I you know, with the neurodivergent trend, and <clears throat> it's really great that we're talking about this with the head and Ajna theme, right? It's mm. like recognizing that my mind works differently to your mind, right? Yeah. And I'm kind of like, this is beautiful. This is a beautiful gift for so many people until they be, they make their entire identity. My mind works different to other people's minds because mm-hmm. the truth is, what the actual gift of this is like get familiar like you what you were saying is like i can learn this now mm-hmm. get familiar with what is true for you yes and don't forget that you are such a multifaceted multi-dimensional being and there is so much more to you than just this mm-hmm. and so so this is like kind of like the way that i see it is it's like the evolution through the layers of not self but don't get stuck in the layer that's all about neurodivergent because you'll never get to the layer that is all of these other beautiful pieces of you too and so like i really love this your story of depression being medicated recognizing that there's there was actually something about not embracing the depression depression this Mm. denial of your own energetic way of being which is to be somebody who is here to experience these highs and lows and to learn how to master the holding of emotions because that's what defined solar plexus people are for right to hold this full spectrum of the emotional range knowing that this is actually spirit awareness so you have this beautiful mental awareness in your system but you also have this beautiful spirit awareness which is like your highest self comes through when your emotional wave energetically gets you uh ready to receive it yeah yes like and so so this recognizing of like i need to embrace this emotional state to really come to the truth of who i am Mm -hmm. which is this manifester who can use that emotional clearing to get clarity on what wants to move through you. So I want to ask you this question as somebody who's got this defined Ajna to throat connection and this solar plexus, you know, emotional wave. 
when you move through these lows that you mm-hmm. would still have, I imagine in various different low, like, I mean, I have spontaneous wave two and, you know, and I serve sparkle and glitter and litness <laughs> and generator up, 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 right? And then yeah. so I have these emotional lows, these days that I'm just, I call it, um, you know, uh, like when Jay and I are talking about it, he's like, what's up with you today? Because they come out of the blue. They're not, they're not re- necessarily related to what's going on around you. They happen mm-hmm. internally to you. And like, I'm low and slow today. Like it's for me, it's like, I got to slow down and I just, I, and, and that surrender up to feminine flow rather than this linear masculine hustle culture that we've been raised in. And I just slow down and I have no, I'm like, and it's a practice for me to have no judgment mm-hmm. of being low and slow. Mm-hmm. You know, like with with your experience of having this emotional wave, when you move through a low, what happens after? Oh, um, it's like hmm, it's interesting because, like, when you when I I used to judge it so much going through it that I would forget what it would feel like not being in it. Hmm. So it's like, oh my god, this is all that is. Like, I'm so low and terrible. Well, you, and whatever. you actually keep yourself in the loop of the emotional wave when you get really attached to the. Emotional yeah, wave. totally. And it, and the, actually, the what feels bad about it is the judgment of it. Yeah. When I'm just in it, it doesn't feel bad. It just feels like, oh, I just I want to sleep, and maybe I want to cry, and I feel like a little bit more ice cream today, and <laughs> or a lot more <laughs> ice cream people, or a lot more ice cream. Yeah. Um, and um <laughs> my husband and I get sad food yeah. <laughs> like it's a sad food day so we get you know junk food and just whatever and when I come out of it it's just like wow like I feel good everything is on I have all of these ideas I feel ready to serve um and sometimes it still surprises me yeah which is interesting sometimes that boom right like sometimes it still surprises me because this is the thing for those of you out there that have an emotional wave are learning to embrace that as like this is me this is i'm an emotional being that has these waves i have these moments of lowness or if you've got a different kind of wave that you go down what happens afterwards is is like your mind uh you know, it doesn't have control over what you get out of the wave, mm, right? Mm. Um, and this is that that deeper mastery of your mind is really to stay unattached to what this is about and to let your mind be surprised. And for you, it's like that, aha, that clarity that uh, now I can, I've got so much to channel through, you know, my shaman oracle is wide open and it's all coming out, you know, and I know you and I've had a conversation about what it's like to be a manifester and like the more you embrace that off part of your life force energy, the juicier, the on part. And yes. Becomes. And so, like sometimes I have so much energy where I'm like, oh shit, I don't know what to do with all this. <laughs> like, what am I That's a practice. I don't have more places to serve, to put this because I just like, it surprises me. <laughs> I'm like, oh, it's on, it's ready to go. Like, let's create, this let's is, do something. This is, this is so juicy for listeners, listeners. Like this is how you cannot take one part of your human design system without looking at the rest of it. Like what we are experiencing here is Raquel's whole system, the way her wave and her manifesto like off time feeds into this on time and this juicy shaman oracle and the way her mind is designed to be a gift for the world around her rather than guide her in life, which is what this wave does and this open sacral does. and you know, all of this, uh, this permission that she's got for her whole system, like Mm -hmm. yum. And like, here we are first episode talking about, you know, one component of the system, but unsurprisingly, (laughs) we've come into like, you got to look at all of it, people, right? Yeah. Because it's, it's all uh, such a beautiful story uh, about you that don't let it put you into a box, but let it open you up to next layer and next layer and next layer, right? Like it's a journey. It's an adventure. It's like mm. why I call Stardust a game because we get to <laughs> play it, you know? Yeah, totally. And I feel like one of the most important pieces that I've learned to do 
for myself is to cancel plans because I'm a really social being and I love like seeing people and going out and like all of this kind of stuff. And I used to put so much pressure on myself to um, show up for the things that I had said yes for, even if I'm in a down. And like, the truth is like, I do not want to. What did that, what did that do to you when you said yes to being in a down, being a manifester who has these off times, being a two, who is the hermit who needs space, who needs alone time to really remember her natural gifts? What did saying yes to things when it wasn't true to you do do to you, to your reality, to your being? Um, It would just deplete me. I would come away with it with no energy, um, no desire for um, more connection or creation or anything. And it would just be like, oh, my God, I don't want to do anything. And it's not worth it to me anymore. Yeah. It's really not. And so I only, like, I've, and it's been a practice. It has been a practice. It's, it's, um, it's been a practice to say no and to people, especially when I love them and I want to see them and all this kind of stuff and like to cancel plans and maybe let people down and all that kind of thing. Um, but it's been, it's been a gift because when I don't do things out of obligation, then I can show up fully for it. And I know that the people that I go to see can really feel me. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I mean, there's no like crunchy, gritty, like resentment. And then they can feel that too. Like if I show up and I don't want to be there, I promise you everybody knows I don't want to be there even if I feel like I'm good at pretending. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And this is for like, regardless of, you know, what your human design is like, what Raquel's giving is a piece of piece of permission for everyone. Like we're moving from a collective energetic built on bargaining where we do deals with each other to create society and to create, uh, you know, like the collective magic, if you like, into an era where that is, it's a very different arrangement. It's really about your individuality creating the magic of the collective. And so really honoring what is true for you in every moment of the way, which is a very different way of being. And those bargains are becoming, we're seeing it. Those bargains are becoming less and less and less effective at holding us together. Mm -hmm. You know, they're naturally just not having the same collective impact that they used to have, you know, and we're going to reach a point where, you know, you can say yes and go to something and the ripple effect of that is actually going to redirect you into not saying yes when you when you actually want to say no like you're going to get the feedback from the field to be like come on step up to your individual makeup you know like Mm -hmm. and this is what in human design we call you know the the new era which in is is really taking off in 2027 but we're already feeling it Mm. the collective era uh really being about gate 55 initially which is the gate of spirit and passion coming off of that solar plexus center um it's it's really about everybody finding out you know what is their spirit what is their you know their highest self uh really uh like where does the igniting of passion lie for for you as an individual because that is what is going to form the collective structure Mm, um, I feel so juicy. And so we're all in this game of learning to be a little bit more selfish, a little yeah. bit more unapologetic, actually a lot, but let's say a little <laughs> so nobody gets fried, you know, and and really getting rooted and grounded into that in our bodies. Mm. It's, it's uh, for me, it's like really exciting, but I can see how it's going to take a lot of people into really uncomfortable spots. And this is where like, you know, you and I, and, you know, a lot of the people that we've, we walk beside now have been through really devoted paths around going to those places ourselves. Mm. And yeah. so this is, I was wondering where this was going. Cause I'm using my channel of my Ajna and sometimes like human me is like, where is this going? But now we're like looking at this spot of like, you know, you're in this place of being able to deliver this uh this spider medicine out into the world with this wisdom and embodiment of what you've been through about learning to be who you are Mm -hmm. you know and sharing these um beautiful transmissions of you know not just spider medicine but other things as well out into the world which is something that you know 
is very unique and very different in society at large. And yet, you know, we're all coming to this spot where as things stop working, people are like, what does work? Mm. What, what now? How do I, you know, fit into a collective that I don't even know how it works, the great unknown, right? And so just to like wrap this up um, and come full circle back to, you know, this beautiful way that you transmit from your mind out into the collective, you know, what is it that you think that getting in tune with your own power and not being afraid of that anymore and being able to transmit this medicine that comes from something that has been so misunderstood you know, uh, what, what in that for you, uh, is like the thing that you see the field receiving when you're in service, like what is some of the, the juice behind that for you that gets you to show up in this game that is uniquely your game? Um, the first thing that comes through is a world without fear. Like I, I genuinely feel like a fearless person is a person that cannot be controlled, cannot be moved from what is theirs and what is true for them. The only thing that we, like, when we fall, when we falter, when we go off the spot, when we doubt ourselves, it's because we're afraid of something. Yeah. And, and you, like, do, you do fear alchemy sessions, yes, don't you? Yeah, so. I do. And, like, it's interesting because, like, what I've been learning about fear is that it's actually not about the thing that you think you're afraid of at all. Like it's an energy that lives in the body and that energy is just going to attach itself to fucking any story that you give it and it will just continue to run and change and do whatever. And like if you can, this is what I do in fear alchemy sessions, if you can work with that energy and take the energy out of the body, then the fear goes because it's not about the fear. It's just about the thing that wants to control how you show up. Yeah. And that could be any number of things. And so even as somebody who has lived like quite a, uh, in tune with like historic, spiritual, magical kind of practices, could you have imagined that this is what became your service out into the world? Fuck no. <laughs> Not in a million years, no. Like I, and I, um, I actually think that if you had told me two years ago, hey, like you'll be working really closely with spiders and maybe even be considering getting a pet tarantula, um, do you want to do this thing that's going to lead you there? I would have been like, no, are you insane? I do not want to work with spiders. That's no, absolutely not. <laughs> and <laughs> like, I, yeah, it's like one of these things where um, I was actually, I, I wrote about it yesterday because I, I fell in love with this um, black house spider that was living on my balcony um, door and she moved on. I think she wasn't getting enough food and I have been grieving her and I am just, Every time I cry about her, I'm like, what is this? Like, what, what a, firstly, what a gift for me to be able to feel love for something that I was once terrified of. But, like, I would never have in a million years imagined that this is where I would be and this is what I would be serving and this is what I would be teaching about. Like, really, spiders? No way. Like, no. <laughs> but I wouldn't change it for, like, anything. This, it's just so true and I just feel it so deeply in my body and it's just, it feels like this ancient wisdom and I, I honestly feel um, deeply, deeply honoured that, it wants to come through me. So amazing. Mm. And, and like, you know, your sensation of like, but I'm too young. It's just, it, for me, I'm like, no, you're right on time, right? Like we have this collective field that is so chock-a-block full of fear. And like, listeners, we have a manifesto that is here to create momentum and has this natural gift at alchemizing fear that's i can just see the the ripples that you will make through the collective field over the coming you know years and years and decades and decades and whatever else as you become even you know more masterful at this and take off the next lot of layers and you know yeah. but right even right now like just such a ripple effect such a momentum of energy into the field around alchemizing fear and it's just like 
me and my generator, I just, I'm lit for it. Like, I'm just so excited for how, like you as an individual is just such a, a, you know, a perfect manifestation in this reality for these times. Like, it's just like, I just see the perfection in everybody's individual makeup. It's part of my natural gift. And like, I just, I'm so excited that I get to bring you on this episode and, you know, say, let everybody else see so so fucking cool so fucking cool all right so tell us where can people find you you know what have you got going on you know let the listeners know uh so i have a group container called lineage and this is about ancestral connection where everything really began for me um one of the most important relationships i think you can have is with your ancestors and those who have passed and um, so that is opening for um, intake in August. I think I'm opening, um, like, if you're interested, you can get in touch with me from July, opens in August. And um, probably the thing that I'm the most excited about is Weaver. Weaver is a three-month container that I am holding, um, which is in service to creation. And it really follows the transmission of the Weaver, the or Weaver. Um, creator, the artist, and it's just such a beautiful frequency about um, allowing every moment of every day, every step, every breath to be in service to the life you want to create. Um, so that begins uh, 1st of July. Um, you can find me on Instagram, the Raquel Kerno. Um, yeah. Beautiful. And of course, Raquel and I are both feminine led. So, you know, it's subject to change as yeah. the energy <laughs> goes. But that's if you have felt, I really, really encourage you if you have felt in your body some sort of connection to, you know, this conversation in terms of what Raquel has been speaking to and her journey of mastery, you know, trust it, get in contact with her, reach out. Um, you know, this is what I you know i i feel in this series is just like you know people that are like living their individual truth uh are, are to me they're like little catalysts of exciting things out in the field so for me it's just like a a, a magical gift to the field um so thank you so much so much for coming on today and Know, sharing your stories and your, mm. your mastery and your magic. <laughs> um, uh, if you are looking to engage more on the human design aspect, <clears throat> you can find me at, at Rebecca Kate Freeman on Instagram. Uh, and that's where you'll be able to uh, continue to engage with all the HD stuff. Um, but it has been really wonderful. And I'm just so appreciative of your time today, Raquel. Thank you. You are so welcome. Thank you so much for having me on. This has been so fun. I absolutely love these conversations. And yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing all of the other beautiful episodes you have for <laughs> us. <laughs> Thank you. I love you. I love you too. I can feel it. I feel it. Yeah.